Today at the Rickshaw Live podcast, we're talking to Spencer's Weifel, the only prince to play on the Rickshaw Live so far. The Rickshaw Live is a pedal-powered live performance soundstage that specializes in launching close contact between music makers and a crowd, sometimes from a street, plaza, or sidewalk, or here from the Podmosphere, where we chat with the makers. Come join us as we roll with it. Hello, Spencer's Weifel. Hello, good to be here. How are things in Colorado? They're, they're well. Fantastic. You got some cold weather there? Yeah, we had a few days of snow, but I think um, the sun's coming out. It's going to be great. I wanted to um, elaborate a little bit on the intro since uh, not maybe everybody that listens to your piece now is going to understand the context. Some Halloween way back when... Uh, we had a bit of a costume and a themed uh, roll around and Spencer played the prince from Beauty and the Beast. And I'm just going to show you a picture of that, Spencer, to remind you. Can you see that? <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I, I've got an old picture of this somewhere on my phone. I know I know pretty well what I look like. Oh, yeah. And you had the Doc Brown thing going. Oh, yes. Well, I'd like to forget about that. But um, And we are going to get your counterpart uh, on for a podcast as well. She's out in, I think, Oregon or Washington going to med school now. But we'll get her back to um, join in the fun and tell us the story as well. So uh, and then I, you know, so that's kind of the story of why I would have said you're the only prince and the only prince so far, because there might be another prince coming to play on Rickshaw Live. And then more recently, uh, when we were just kind of doing a little orientation test, I had you and a and a bit of an ad lib trio hop aboard, and we did a roll around. And here's a little chunk of that video for you to recollect. Pretty amazing little act, considering the fact that you guys are rolling down the street at about two miles an hour. And uh, I mean, you would never know by the sound of it, right? Yeah, for sure. It sounds it sounds good. I'll have to uh, mix that, and maybe if I can get it done, I'll throw that on the YouTube with our little podcast here, so people have a little bit of extra fun stuff to look at there. I don't when I've done uh, you know when I just took pictures and stuff with the rickshaw live in the past. I didn't always get video. And of course that video and sound is just shot with an iPhone. So it's, you know, it obviously has limitations, but it is pretty interesting just from a ad lib perspective. So it was pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was, um, that was a lot of fun actually. Uh, I think that was one of the more 
recent times I played on the on the rickshaw. But I mean, Matt and Shiloh are so <laughs> they're so easy to play with. They're so open to just about anything. So we kind of just were like, well, let's just uh, let's play open funk jam sort of. <laughs> once that once that runs out, somebody will somebody will play some sort of intro or you know lead into something else and we would just go from there and i think it went really well it was fantastic i've got a couple of other chunks of video from that session and it's it's really memorable it's great well tell me and your listeners here what you've been up to in the past crazy year of 2020 and how uh, sort of being a player during a pandemic has panned out yeah um yeah there's been a lot of a lot of changes it's been um a long year and a short year at the same time i think you probably i get i think a lot of people feel the same way um but so at the beginning of the year i was living in new jersey because i'm going to uh grad school at william patterson university which is in new jersey and then um march everything shut down and we went to entirely online classes for the rest of the semester excuse me um and so um I basically decided I would just do the rest from my um, folks' house in Colorado. And so I, um, well, my girlfriend was there for spring break and then <laughs> everything shut down right as she got there. Ugh. So we basically got in my car and drove to um, Colorado and I was in my bedroom for two weeks by myself. And wow. then, yeah, and then finished out the semester like that. And Oh, now let's see now. To- yeah. So, as a well as a, a musician then that means that everything you were preparing for your classes i guess had to be evaluated virtually by your instructors yeah and that was interesting uh there was some successes and uh failures you know of online music school i think i don't think a lot of people will say it's their preferred way to do it but i mean i we were able to make a lot of it work relatively well based on the circumstances. I mean, the biggest problem was that you can't, um, you can't really play together at the same time over video chat. And so right. uh, the best solution for that was we would have themed ensembles that were making um, like transcription recordings, basically. So we were learning parts from famous recordings and just putting together our own versions of that so that we had that under our fingers in our head somewhere so some of the classes they still worked all right private lessons still worked just about the same because it's still um an instructor just evaluating your playing and that nothing really crucial changed there which was good um and then some of the like book classes that that went all right but i mean you know it's a huge change and it was crazy and you mentioned that just going on, on online also and just not being there anymore. I, I was, cause I'd only been there for, I don't know, um, man, like six months. And so I was just starting to get my foot in the door with some of the um, gigs in the area. I was actually playing some weekly stuff um, with a couple of people. I was working with a choir every Tuesday night and I had um, a bar gig every Wednesday night in like central Jersey. Where is that, that school? Where's that school, say, from New York City? Is it, like, pro- close to New York City, or is it kind of out in the middle of yeah, New York? It's, um, it's about 40 minutes okay. drive. Yeah. Um, like an hour by, less than an hour by train, depending where you where you go from. Most yeah, of your, super accessible. 
your collaborations were more local then you didn't have to go to the city for that uh i had to play a couple things in the city but um i mostly got hired by new jersey people gotcha nice yeah one of the one of the most fun ones i did was i got to play the 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 ones in new york it was the was it the american legion um club in harlem which they have like a they have a hammond b3 there that is like the house the house organ and so i got to sub for their organist a couple of times um and play some uh some quartet sets with the saxophonist and yeah it was great wow that's fantastic yeah those are great memories but yeah it was wild because basically it all closed down at the same time and suddenly i was back in colorado well, what does 2021 look like for you? Um, well, I, I think based on the developments that, because what happened is I had to change a lot of the ways I was um, working. Um, so I started like a, like a Fiverr account to do any sort of like freelance piano work. And then I'm, I've been working um, with a platform called OutSchool where I just teach um kind of any subject some some music but mostly just random subjects to students that you can basically create classes and whoever signs up signs up and you get paid based on that and so i've definitely changed my business model since but i think going into 2021 it's um fairly optimistic because i've had moderate success with that change and i think there's gonna be more and more um opportunities for live shows more people are adapting to the current situation and creating, um, you know, digital shows or like high quality um, online stuff or like streaming releases, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I mean, last year we were able to, I was able to finish writing and recording a quintet record, which I'm really proud of. So. Nice. And is that the Not one we're going to, we're going to listening, we're going to be listening to some of that? Yes, exactly. Well, I'm going to just play a little bit of it now and you can, uh, We'll listen to a bit of it, and then you can tell us about it. Yeah, perfect. Where did you record this? This is recorded at uh, UNC Studios in Greeley. And so you did this after you came back from college? Yeah, so this was uh, September. So after, yeah, late summer, that kind of time of year. So it was with um, Greg Heimbecker recorded it. And yeah. Who was, what uh, happened was uh, the story of this band was the band is um, Joel Harris, Brianna Harris, Seth Lewis, and Brian Claxton and myself. And the story of that was 
something my um, my folks wanted to do when <laughs> I came back was they were they used to go to Ace Gillette's all the time and like Jay's all the time and see jazz music, and they hadn't seen a live show in a very long time. So basically, they said, um, "Here's our like a budget for a live show. Let's do it in our backyard because we have a decent sized backyard and we were able to have it so." You know, my folks could sit far enough away from the band. You know, we were able to have a space sort of thing. Um, and so I just, I asked um, that band to do it because I figured, well, uh, pretty much nobody was, <laughs> had a lot of work. And so people like, like Brian and Seth are fantastic and gen usually difficult to hire because they are working all the time. And so we, I mean, I'm not, it wasn't necessarily a good thing that they weren't working, but it was fortunate for the sake of that ensemble that we were able to, that we were able to put something like that together. And some and people like Bree and Joel are in a similar boat where generally they have so much on their plate that um, they're not able to just do a gig on like a, a week's notice, but we were able to put something together and the backyard show was awesome. And so I decided to finish writing a bunch of stuff I had started and we had a couple of rehearsals and went in the studio and did it in a day and it went great. Wow. And this is material that you wrote. Yeah. So this is, um, I'm trying to remember how many tracks are on the record. There's, I think it's 10 tracks on the record and I wrote eight of them. So uh, it's mostly my stuff. Wow. Really nice. Congratulations yeah. on that coming out of a crazy, crazy pandemic season. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And I mean, we we lucked out because one of our friends has like a backyard where we were able to rehearse. So we didn't have to be, you know, all in the same room somewhere. We could actually have some sort of space between us. And then everybody in that band is, um, you know, smart and safe about stuff. So we were able to have a recording session and not have a any sort of problems with that, which was very fortunate. Fantastic. Do you have other recordings besides this one? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I've, I think four releases on my band camp. Now this is the most recent one. So I think it's Spencer's wife. There was a, I did release something at the beginning of the summer of 2020, which was, uh, I called interim because, and it was a, a bunch of recordings that I was going to actually submit as um, like jazz festival or competition submissions, which, and then those competitions and festivals uh, were canceled for the year. Ugh. So I was like, well, we got some, we have some high quality, like good playing and some decent sounding recordings. And so I figured I would, we release some of those, the best ones as an EP, like a four track thing. Very nice. So. I will have a link to your band camp tracks in the footer of the youtube um post and also i'll put one in the in the other social media channels as well great thanks what's on deck for more writing and more capturing of your playing um well i uh i'm kind of doing two things at once right now which is um like you said trying to work on more writing i'm actually i i was really happy with how the quintet record came out so i'm trying to write more for that quintet and get that done as soon as possible so we can just get back in the studio and make some more stuff um i would say that's not 
anywhere near done, but I've I've started I think four songs for that, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and at the same time, I'm trying I'm working on getting a because um, right now the quintet record is only on my Bandcamp as a digital release. So I'm I'm planning on doing a limited physical run with um, so it'll be like a CD, and I'm I think the plan is um, signed posters or something like that. So if you're very nice, people that it's a limited edition version of it. So it, working on a couple things at once there. But yeah, the, the artwork on it, I'm really happy with is a friend of mine, Emma Campbell, that I went to uh, high school with. And I follow her on Instagram and she posts all these great, uh, like nature uh, colored pencil sketches. So wow. it's like super high detail. Um, it was fish for a while. And so I was like, hey, I'd love a fish for the album cover. And that's what she did. But I think recently she's done frogs and birds and it's like really great stuff. It looks like it's for like the Audubon Society. And it's, it's really cool. Excellent. So, are you yeah, still like definitely uh, more writing and more recording is the plan. What is your technique that for that creative space? How do how do you get positioned and where do you work when you're actually doing the compositions? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've got a um, I have a like a home office in my apartment where I've got um like I work the computer I do a lot of my work on and any sort of recording on like with Ableton and stuff. And then I've got my keyboard set up in there. Um, so I guess like, are you asking more like, kind of like what's the process for this sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, my process is, um, <laughs> I'm one of those people that uh, I ha- I sometimes have a lot of trouble staying on like one track at once or like, I'm not particularly great at, as like a finisher. I'm good at starting things, but I, I'm not always the best at finishing things. So really my process is whatever works that I can latch onto. So sometimes I will sit down to write and I'll be, I'm gonna write, I'm sitting down to write something for the album, or I'm sitting down to write something that's going to sound like this. Um, and then sometimes it's just, I'll, uh, I like to designate time while I'm practicing to just play whatever's coming to my head, right? So I'll work on tunes, I'll work on transcriptions, um, and then I'll work on just play anything, right? And sometimes that's just playing over the changes to tunes, and sometimes that becomes um, like a catchy sort of thing. And if, if it's something I like, I'll either plug in the keyboards to Ableton, or I'll sing it into my phone, or I'll do whatever I can to immediately capture what it is. So sometimes there's spontaneity and sometimes I just, I'm like, okay, I have to sit down and do this. And sometimes it's a utilitarian thing. Cause it's like, if you're making a record, you have to think about um, pacing and like mood and what the record needs. So maybe if I've written a bunch of similar tunes, I'm going to sit down and be like, okay, I need a slow tune. I need a change of pace tune. I need a rock tune for the album because it can't all be the same thing. So it's based on a lot of stuff, but luckily I've been able to, um, I think it, most of it just stems from, I really love playing piano. So as long as I just keep playing stuff will happen, which I'm very happy with. Is the time frame of a, of a piece maturing to the point where you're ready to like, say this is done. Is it about the same or is it highly variable? Uh, it's definitely variable. There's some stuff that um, I've written in 
maybe a day and it only needed minor tweaks. And then there's some stuff for the album, the most recent one that I actually wrote in February, 2020, or I wrote like half of it in February and then I finished it three weeks before the record. Because I think, I think what happened was um, something, I'm also a person that uh, deadlines are very important <laughs> in that sort of, in that sort of situation. Because basically we, once we realized, oh, let's make a record of some stuff, I kind of went into crunch time mode. It was like, okay, I need to actually finish a bunch of stuff and be done within a reasonable time frame, so that everybody's not like, you know, mad at the session that stuff isn't ready or I'm not showing up to the studio with, hey, here's a new tune. I know we didn't rehearse this, you know, which is one of those things. So there's definitely huge variability. Sometimes stuff, um, pops into my head and it just makes sense where it's going maybe it's a shorter tune it's not like high concept and i'm just like yes that's it and some things take a lot of um, editing there's actually parts of this record that i wrote for composition lessons in like 2018 where it was like maybe, maybe yeah maybe it was like eight bars of something that i never used for anything but i at least i still had it on my computer so i just went through absolutely everything it was like would any of this fit somewhere and two or three things uh, were able to um, come up, come from one place and just kind of slide into the to the other part, the other compositions without a lot of a lot of without a lot of change. So very yeah. lucky. Well, I can't wait to actually listen to the whole thing. I I remember seeing on Facebook that you had done it, but this is the first time I got to listen to any piece of it. So now I'm going to play the whole thing and enjoy it. Well, great. I uh, hope you do. What's your musical background? How did you get to this point? Sure. Um, I, I've been taking piano lessons since I was um, eight, seven or eight. I don't know, very, very young is when I started. And um, I, I, was, uh, I was not the best classical student. I wanted to play rock and roll piano. So I was lucky to have a piano teacher who would help me out with with some of that so we we'd work on maybe a Bach piece but I also wanted to you know I wanted to play Deep Purple or something like that <laughs> some of that um yeah just classic rock keyboard and I got really into like heavy metal and stuff like that but in, in middle school I joined my first jazz ensemble um so I've been about 12 and then in, I started to really enjoy that a lot and in high school I formed my own jazz ensemble for the first time, which was with a couple of friends. And that was like the sometimes five quartet, which was, we used to play around Old Town Fort Collins and at the old lyric. And our first gig was at in front of Ben and Jerry's is that kind of thing. Nice. And that, was, that was a blast. And then I went to uh, university of Northern Colorado in Greeley for, for jazz studies. And that jazz program is fantastic. A lot of great uh, local musicians come out of there. Um, and either stay or go but I mean there's some serious talent there and great teachers and so very fortunate to do that and I did all kinds of stuff there I was in jazz bands I was in um, I played a couple of gigs with the Burroughs I was a regular in a salsa band for a while um, I did classical voice piano um, and then I graduated from there and went to William Patterson and so but yeah, at UNC, I think that's when I really was spreading out the most. I was playing the most different kinds of music. So. What's the situation for gigging in northern Colorado or anywhere in Colorado right now? Um, there's, 
That, that's a great question. There's some places that have been opening and closing and reopening that seem to be on better tracks now. So I know that uh, Nocturne was like that for a while. looks like Nocturne, they went online for a bit. We were one of the first groups to play there um, when they went full streaming. But it uh, looks like they're back open. They've been having some live stuff with limited capacity, I think. Um, so that's great. That's a great place to play. And they are really careful and, you know, they, they care about the safety of the musicians and their customers. And they, so they've been, they've been a great venue. So Nocturne in Denver. I, I don't know if, let's see, the Muse is also doing stuff out in, I believe that's Lafayette. That's a great venue to see all kinds of stuff. I mean, they've been having, I think, multiple shows a week now for a couple of weeks, and they've been streaming a lot of those and recording those. That's uh, P. Lewis and Claire Church out there running that venue. That's a great place to play. Nice. Let's see. And in, in Northern Colorado, I'm from Fort Collins, so I used to play at Ace all the time. Um, right now, they're still in like a transitional period, so it's it's kind of in a, a state of I don't like I don't really know exactly what's happening. Because um, I mean, even before this, they had like a change in ownership and like the remodel and stuff like that, and then the remodel extended into the pandemic. I think I don't know. It was a crazy, wild thing. Um, but Ace, I know they're at least they're having. I know they had brunch music for a minute and then they had vinyl nights and they have they still have people playing the piano down there sometimes so i'm not exactly sure but uh yeah i guess the, i guess the answer is there's some places that are definitely doing it and there's some places that it's kind of a wait and see what's going to happen out of all this so. well i cannot wait to fire up the rickshaw live and get you and whoever you pick to play with you and roll around in the socially distanced open air and uh, perform for people that can come out and, and enjoy it on the sidewalk. I don't see why that wouldn't be compatible with our situation in a pandemic. And of course, we're all optimistic and hopeful that, you know, maybe it won't be so long and some of these restrictions and concerns can start to settle and fade a bit. Well, Spencer, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk and and tell me about your recording, especially. I can't wait to listen to it. And um, so I look forward to getting back together in northern Colorado and having you play, unless you like completely vamoose off to New Jersey for the summer. But I hope you are around for a bit so we can get some some more playing done. Yeah, that's the plan. I'd love to play. So, yeah, thanks for having me. This has been great. Thanks for joining the Rickshaw Live podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay on our trajectory. And until you hear us again, stay safe.